Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. All right, all right, sit down. I'm kidding. (laughs) I was trying to channel the Grinch, but... You guys, I kid you not, after uh, the Christmas parade last night, I was leaving Main Street and saw the Grinch hanging out of the back of a pickup truck with Santa smoking in the front, and it was the best. I'll never forget it. Okay. Let's regroup. Well, welcome to the vineyard, everybody. (laughs) My name is Emily Snyder, and I'm on the preaching team. uh, And we are in the season of Advent. Uh, Something really special. If you weren't here with us last week, something really special that we're doing this year to uh, observe this season together is partnering with our friends from the Great White North in Evanston, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, Uh, They are going to be doing the same readings as us. We're all in the book of Isaiah. um, And it's just been a really fun time to to get to remember that, like, we are receiving the good news together here in these chairs, but so is everyone else. And we are just doing it together with just one other church uh, during this season. So it's really cool. Um, Speaking of the book of Isaiah, I believe we have a video So let's go ahead and read that, our scripture this morning. Good morning, church family. My name is Adama Jahate. I'm one of the pastors here at Evanston Vineyard, and I'm so excited to be joining you all in this Advent season. So would you join me as we read together these prophetic words from the book of Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 11, the branch from Jesse. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. 
The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Awesome. What a beautiful passage, right? So, so beautiful. In fact, uh, while I've been preparing this message, I found myself um, just kind of dreaming about what it would feel like to experience that kind of peace. I don't know that I ever have, um, but it's, it's been really lovely. Um, the reason I have to dream about that kind of peace, and I don't think this will come as a shock to anybody, but we don't really live in a world that's known for being, you know, super peaceful, Right? I don't think anybody can argue with me there. Uh, We may find pockets of peace here or there. Uh, We love to hashtag things for the Instagram that make it look like our life is very peaceful. Um, But even when things are supposed to be peaceful and serene, we kind of find a way to ruin them. I'm going to tell you a story about that. I didn't do the ruining, but I did participate. Uh, The summer after my senior year of high school, I went to Alaska for several weeks by myself. And one of the things I did while I was up there was I went to Denali National Park. Has anybody ever been to Denali National Park? Show of hands. Okay, a few people. It's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, But what I decided, the best way to spend my time at the National Park was I was going to take this like four-hour bus tour. I didn't want to hike because I was alone, okay, and bears. So I take this uh, four-hour bus tour, and you could tell that the tour guide, um, he had given this spiel like a thousand times. He's like, okay, everybody, on this tour, you're going to see four different types of animals. You might see a moose. You might see a bear. You might see a caribou. You might see a bighorn sheep. If you do, just shout it out to, the, you know, the everybody else on the bus so we'll know where to look. And okay, all right, so we get on the bus. Let me describe to you. So there's a rock wall, and then there's the bus. I don't know how the bus, you're, the Wigginsons are like, we know this, we know this. I don't know how the bus didn't scrape against the rock wall, but there we go. And then there's this road that is supposed to be able to fit two buses. <laughs> Looks like it could fit one. <laughs> uh, and then immediately there's the rest of the cliff. And down, down, down is this valley. And you guys, it is beautiful. Um, Here's the other words. Breathtaking, serene, majestic, until somebody yells out, moose. And everybody kind of on the bus, huh, or craning their necks, you know, oh, moose. Okay. We catch a glimpse, maybe, and we keep going, and then somebody yells out, and you guys, I think it was the force by which this man yelled the word, caribou! (laughs) We all collectively 
lost our minds, stood up as one, and rushed this guy's side of the bus. Now, children, we had cameras on our phones back then, but they were trash. They were not good. What we did have, though, were point-and-shoot digital cameras, boasting all of three megapixels. And it was for the sake of those three megapixels that we were elbowing each other out of the way to try to catch a glimpse of a caribou. And I do not remember anything else from this tour other than I was waiting and I was ready. And everybody else on the bus was waiting and ready because when the next animal was shouted out, I would be first in line at that window to take my point-and-shoot camera, zoom it all the way in, and get myself a blurry picture <laughs> of a moose or a bear. Uh, I feel like as humans, we are almost conditioned to take what should be a peaceful moment and inject chaos. It's all we know. Uh, that's why we go to beautiful places and observe the majesty of nature. That's why we clean a little corner of our house and attempt to have an uninterrupted cup of coffee by the light of the Christmas tree. And that's why we curate our grid to look easy uh, and peaceful for social media, but at the end of the day, we're really just on a bus with a bunch of tourists with point-and-shoot cameras, <laughs> hoping to catch a glimpse of a caribou. And I think that's why in this Advent season, we're being invited to think on two different planes, right? Uh, to think about Jesus as he came to earth and to hope toward his future return. Uh, in that hope, which is what we talked about last week, we talked about hope, uh, we hold tight to this, that things will not always be this way. We will not always be bent toward chaos. Uh, I just keep hearing this phrase, there is no valley that the Lord cannot make bright. Uh, and when the light breaks through, it brings peace to everyone in its path. So we're going to go through, uh, I, I really just want to go through, like, take this scripture passage in Isaiah and just hit some of the high points. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. Um, I want you to imagine something that used to have a lot of power or popularity, but now it has no power and no popularity. What I go to in my head, of course, is tech, some like technology, right? I mentioned like the point-and-shoot cameras earlier. Uh, how many of you are rocking a beeper? You're not. I know. P-Ray? Okay, no. Not even P-Ray is rocking a beeper. Uh, Dial-up internet. Uh, Walkmans. Discman, you guys, I could blindly program my Discman to just hit the songs I wanted and then hit repeat and then it would just, <laughs> but I don't do that anymore. Um, these are things that everyone, even mostly everyone, used to regularly utilize. But if, if I were to be standing up here right now and somebody's like, oh, my pager just went off, I'd be like, what? <laughs> let me see it, you know, <laughs> it's a relic at this point. Uh, 
It's just not the way things are done. So I want to apply that to verse 1. Can we pull up verse 1 of our passage from Isaiah? A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Let's do a little Bible trivia. Who is Jesse? You can shout it out. David's father. Who is David? King David. Yeah, Psalms David. That's right. Uh, why do we refer to Jesse's line as a stump? That seems a little harsh. Uh, it's because that royal line had, over the years, become less and less powerful, uh, less and less influential. One commentary I read said that actually by the time of Jesus' birth, this really had become nothing more than like a peasant class. And out of that comes a new branch. Bearing fruit from an old root. I've killed enough plants in my lifetime to know that that doesn't typically happen. Right? Uh, When something you thought was dead starts showing signs of life, uh, that's a flag for you to stop and pay attention because something wonderful is happening. So here's where I think the first place we were to receive good news this morning, I think the first place where we can receive it is that it's the dead root that ends up being what saves all of us. And perhaps more importantly, it was supposed to be that way. Uh, When we read stories about God making a way where there is no way, we look at the Exodus. We've read so many stories recently about Daniel being rescued, uh, armies out of skeletons. We look in the New Testament, uh, the desperate people crowding around Jesus just to get like to touch his garment and receive healing. These are not just entertaining stories meant to hook us or to, to you know, show us some high drama. This is actually the way that the kingdom comes to us. Okay, I wasn't joking about killing plants, by the way. <laughs> I'm not great at horticulture. <laughs> um, and... I'm wondering if you've ever had this happen or you find new growth somewhere maybe in your yard or maybe if, like me, you just leave a planter out over the winter and see what happens. Uh, yeah, um, you just kind of have to wait and see like what in the world is going to sprout up. I remember when we first, when we bought our first house, it was June, uh, and so, you know, the spring flowers had already gone. I had no idea, but that following March, all along our retaining wall, these shoots started coming up out of the ground. And I was like, I, I had no clue those were there. And they were beautiful, beautiful uh, daffodils. It just started sprouting up everywhere. I had no clue. Uh, and also because I don't know plants, I didn't know what they were. <laughs> I just had to wait and see what was growing. So this leads me to another question, if we want to apply that to our text today. What kind of branch is growing here? We know it's special because it shouldn't even be growing. But 
what is it? So we're going to read verses 2 through 5 again, because it turns out to be really good news. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And here that just means reverence for God. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. Uh, In our last verse, in verse 5, righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. A few things I want to note in this section. First of all, uh, this description is everything we could want in a leader, right? The fear of the, or the spirit of the Lord rests on him. He has wisdom. He has understanding, counsel, might. Um, I would like for you to think about maybe a chaotic or a non-peaceful time that you've experienced in your life. Maybe you're in it now. If you're not, think back. Um, I bet it was because someone, maybe you, lacked wisdom or understanding or wise counsel, or the power to see something through, or the knowledge and fear of the Lord, but not this branch. Not at all. Uh, Righteousness and justice are what guide him in his relation to us. And here's where that shakes out for us. Those who most often pay the price for chaos in the world, I am thinking uh, the poor, marginalized, minorities, Children are finally being judged with righteousness and justice. Praise the Lord. Um, But secondly, I can't help but notice that the one that's being prophesied to bring peace is the one who's waging war. Did you guys catch that? the Bible's wild. <laughs> uh, if, we, if we're keeping with this question of like what kind of branch is growing, we see that the weapons he brings with him, though, are not weapons of war. The weapons of peace look different. Uh, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. The weapons of peace are word and, and breath. And if we want to take this and zoom it out to encompass, like, the whole arc of the Bible, I want to bring up a a verse in Revelation. Don't get freaked out. It's okay. I want to bring up a a verse in Revelation 19. Do we have it? Okay. It's okay. I'm prepared. I'm in Enneagram 6. (laughs) The rider on the white horse. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice, hear that? He judges and wages war. 
His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Here we see some familiar descriptions. He judges fairly. He wages a righteous war. His title is the word of God. Here's something else I want us to note. Uh, In verse 15, it says that coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword. He has a robe dipped in blood, but it's not that of his enemies. It is his own. This is the way peace comes to us on the terms of the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't look like the kind of peace that we try to manufacture in our lives. Okay, what does his rule bring? In verses 6 through 10, we read this description of what the world looks like uh, when the, the Messiah comes. And here's what it is. A bunch of animals getting along that shouldn't get along, right? And a bunch of babies putting their little hands in, a, I know, <laughs> all the parents are like, <laughs> into a nest of poison snakes, um, If we refer back to my story at the beginning of the message, why was it such, like, why were we all fighting each other for a view of a moose? Really, think about it. Why? It's because I can't just walk up to a moose. Did you know that? (laughs) You can't just walk up to a bear. They'll eat you. You'll make the news, okay? But you'll get in trouble, uh, Even young children will be safe around wild animals. You guys, I get nervous when my two-year-old messes too much with my poodle, (laughs) let alone this imagery of a baby playing with snakes. Uh, This kind of peace disrupts what we've come to think of as the natural order and instead shows us what the natural order was actually designed to be. Um, See, I experience peace when bears are far away from me, as we do. Um, But real peace, true and complete, happens because there is a king who both brought the peace to us and is sustaining it. Not because we are fabricating it or because animals are just adhering to the natural pecking order. Here's where I really want to dig in deep this morning. Um, If you haven't realized, this passage in Isaiah is about Jesus, okay? It's about Jesus. Uh, And in this season, we're observing and celebrating the fact that Jesus came to us in the form of a baby. Uh, And then, you know, we will continue to look at the rest of his life throughout the church calendar year. But there's still really no peace, right? I've had a really chaotic week. I'll tell you that. What happened? That's my question. And the answer is, it's there. Uh, I'd like to bring up Isaiah verse 10 again. Okay. In that day... The root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be 
glorious. I've thought a lot about this in the last few weeks. This whole like banner language has really like stood out to me. Uh, and I feel like there is a really good word for us this morning. So oftentimes a banner is flown to proclaim news, right? To give visual information uh, about what the flag bearer stands for. So if somebody is waving a white flag, it means they're not going to fight you, okay? Truce. Uh, if somebody is displaying a skull and crossbones, you're about to get in trouble with some pirates, okay? <laughs> That's what that means, and we all know it. Uh, countries and kingdoms have banners or flags. Uh, many of you know that I'm a huge baseball nerd. Unfortunately, I root for the Kansas City Royals. They're great. Um, <laughs> But last year, they started this thing where on the first day of every homestand, they would fly this huge flag over the stadium that just said, home. And then businesses and uh, places around town would do the same thing. <laughs> it brought tears to my eyes. I loved it so much. Uh, listen, we raise banners or flags for things we stand for or believe in or want to be known by. So I cannot disconnect the imagery of this banner being raised in verse 10 and Jesus being raised on the cross. That has really been sticking out in my mind for weeks. Um, and if banners declare news or information, if banners tell the world what you stand for, then what is God declaring? Or if I want to put it in a more adventy way, uh, what does the banner of peace and the banner of the crucified Jesus say to us in this space of Advent anticipation? Let's pull up the verse out of Colossians. The answer is in the Bible, which is cool. That's it. Yeah. Colossians 1, 19 and 20, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is what God is declaring to the whole world. If it seems far-fetched, in Isaiah, for wolf and lamb, baby and snake, to not only exist together, but to exist in harmony. We have seen nothing yet. Because through Jesus, he made a way for us to exist peacefully and in harmony with himself. That is the Advent peace that we are talking about this week. So I just want to end this morning by asking some questions. <clears throat> We've covered a lot of ground. My first question is, what lengths have you gone to to create a semblance of peace for yourself? And my follow-up question is, how is that going for you? Mm -hmm. There's an element of surrender when it comes to the kind of peace we're talking about today. 
And I think the reason is because the peace of Christ, it already exists. We don't have to make anything. Uh, You've heard Adam say up here, uh, there is a God and we are not him. Right. Right? There is the peace of Christ and we did not make it. Peace and harmony were the original design. God walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and in the new Eden... It will be that way again. Um, Band, you can go ahead and come up. I'm going to keep talking, but I don't want to forget to tell you to come up. Uh, All this is not to say that like experiencing peace in this lifetime is impossible. It's very much possible, okay? Um, Because the kingdom is already here. It's just not yet all the way here. So my last question is where are you experiencing the peace of Christ in your life right now? Maybe you're not, and that's okay. It might not be in the places where you think it should. It actually makes the most sense, in the kingdom sense, for the peace of Christ to be meeting you in your saddest, most broken, or darkest moments. Because the peace of Christ came to us in his saddest, most broken, and darkest moment. And isn't that where we need it the most? That is kingdom peace. And that is the peace that we are talking about during this Advent season. So, what a great way to acknowledge that by receiving communion together today. The blood of Christ is what made peace possible. His body broken for us means that peace will reign again. So we are going to sing a song together. If you are one of the couples serving communion, go ahead and come up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.